listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 236. Kill the Lords here with the one, the only, the. You're cute. John Brownstone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a matter of perspective, but I thank you for that. You were giving me a look. If I'd said anything snarky, I'd have paid for it later. Probably. I love you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> this week, despite our uplifted mood and spirits, we are talking about a pretty big deep topic yeah and that is shame uh because we know how to keep things fun and light clearly clearly <laughs> uh, we're the people you go to for a good time <laughs> welcome to the loving bdsm podcast if this is your first time listening glad to have you if you're back for another week welcome back loving bdsm is produced every friday for your kinky pleasure and education and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app if you love what you hear we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us you can follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one, Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. A big shout out and thank you, as always, to our kinky yep. patrons, our proud crickets on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We thank you for everything. We do. Uh, without we do. you, none of this is possible anymore. <laughs> um, if you would like a special patron-only Discord, uh, a special patron-only live Q&A coming up Saturday, October 3rd, mm-hmm. a, a special uh, patron-only behind-the-scenes podcast episode, to support the work that we do, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash killalords. That's patreon.com slash killalords. And you can join for as little as $2 a month. Okay. So, um, let's see. Uh, we are, sorry, I got myself distracted. Uh, <laughs> we are talking about... Dealing with feelings of shame in a power exchange mm-hmm. relationship. So this was suggested. Time has no meaning in 2020. So I know it was suggested in the live stream chat. I don't know which one. Um, but I know it was suggested <laughs> there. So thank you. Um, and we were very hesitant when somebody mentioned it as a potential topic because of a few things I want to make clear before we get started. We are not mental health professionals, medical professionals, experts, or people that you should generally look to advice on any reasons that you feel shame, where that shame comes Mm -hmm. from. We are also not going to get into what caused those shameful feelings in detail with outside of respect to maybe uh, shame we have about kink because of our own personal experiences of where some of that shame might come from, okay? Um, We will talk about what to do if your shame runs so deep that some of the most basic things just aren't enough. Uh, Spoiler, we we highly recommend uh, therapy for people, even if you don't think you have a mental health uh, diagnosis mm-hmm. that is needed, a mental illness. Um, a therapy is just good in general because we all go through shit and we all could use somebody uh, qualified and helpful to talk to. <laughs> um, but this is more about the fact that you either have shame around kink, you have shame around your sexual desires, you have shame from what we call bad tapes, which is a mm-hmm. very general way to explain the bad stuff that's happened to you in life that now replays in your head. And when something similar happens today, 
you react as if it was what happened then. Sometimes the way you reacted back then and sometimes not in a new way, but you're making that connection because it's similar. So we have no plans. So there's not really a content warning here. We have no plans to talk about trauma. We have no plans to talk about um, all of the stuff that goes into what can cause shame. Although we will likely talk about different examples mm-hmm. we have. The, because we're not experts, because we are not the ones you should go to for that kind of information. But we have both dealt with shame that others, yeah. for different reasons, caused in us that things that happened to us that made us feel ashamed and how we dealt with it. So that's where this conversation is coming from. Was that enough of a disclaimer and caveat? I believe so. Okay. You did well. Okay, thank you. Also, if this is too much for you because you're dealing with feelings of shame right now, um, feel free to pass. It's always okay. We are always here. You do not have to listen to, listen to or watch everything we put out. If you cannot handle it in a given time, that is valid. So let's talk about this. The reason we feel like we should talk about this is because shame that we feel for whatever reason, wherever it came from, um, absolutely impacts our power exchange. Um, Because if you are ashamed of the fact that you're kinky, it's very difficult to tell a partner that you want to get kinky with them. It can Mm -hmm. also block you from being able to fully express yourself or explore a kink or a desire. Um, It can impede communication because you are afraid to talk about the thing that you either want to do or the thing on your mind or the thing that you feel. Uh, I will give you a very, I think, common, but higher level example. When I say higher level, I mean, Mm -hmm. it came from being a human in the world and not from anything like traumatic. Uh, The first time John Brownstone saw me naked, I cried, cried, tried to hide, tried to face the wall, tried to face in me where I could because I hated my body in a way that I don't, I'm very, I'm more body neutral. I'm not body positive. I don't love my body every day, but I loathed it. I didn't, I wouldn't look at myself in a mirror. I certainly didn't want a person that I was like, you're about to do the sex with me. Please don't look at my body. Can we do this without you looking at my body? (laughs) Um, And thankfully I was at a point in life where it was not such a, Um, debilitating sense of shame that we could Mm. not move forward. And I think that's a thing to go ahead and note. Sometimes the shame is that feeling makes it hard, but you can move forward and do a thing because you trust the person you're with. And sometimes you cannot. And so um, you are neither good nor bad if you can or can't do that. But in that point, what I recall was that you dommed me into it and much, it yeah. worked. I would not say that's always gonna work all no. of the time, but it worked that time. Well, I, I had you doing things. Um, I, I came up with a mantra for you to say that in I the mirror every that morning. <laughs> it worked, but I hated it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I kept, you, kept you at that. And that's finally how it, somewhat sunk in mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. you still have your moments today oh sure and i i think that it's very um 
common for any body, this is regardless of gender or sexuality, to have issues about their body. I mean, mm-hmm. we society has decided, let's put air quotes around that, on a beauty standard that the that, the people who are held up as the beauty standard actually don't match because Photoshop is a thing. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're exposed to what, quote, beauty is, what the right body or perfect body is, and none of us can really ever achieve that. And some of us are much further away from that than others. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I had spent a lifetime, you know, thinking about my imperfect body and could I make it better and uh, there's so much there and that's a whole different topic and that would need a lot of content warnings. But um, in that case, um, you could dom me out of it and you could, and we did set in place um, things like you talked about the mantra. You also have this uh, habit of when I do slip back into that, not saying such nice things about me. You're talking about somebody I love and care about, baby girl. You don't say those things. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it might not change my mind, but it does make me stop. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know that this is true about all things that we feel a sense of shame over, but I know in that case for me, not being allowed to say mean things about myself, actually over time, this is not an overnight thing, uh, decreased the amount of times I think not so nice things about myself to the point that I do feel like I am often body neutral, almost to my own detriment. Like when the eyebrows become two caterpillars trying to grow together into one super caterpillar, I don't notice because I have thought nothing of of my looks or my body or any part of that part of me for so long I forgot to look in a mirror. I can go days and not look in a mirror beyond, oh, I've got to put moisturizer on my skin. Like I just, it's not always a good thing. It does also mean that sometimes the clothes stop fitting and I didn't notice because I was just not thinking about it. But it's also kind of freeing to not to not have that that one thought all the time playing over and over in my head. I hate my body, my body sucks, all of those thoughts mm-hmm. that if you have experienced that or you experience it with something else that you don't want other people to see, you want to hide from people, and you get to just be free of that thought, even if you haven't necessarily changed your mind, man, that's a lot of mental energy to get back. Yeah. And in our case, we absolutely leaned into power exchange. You you didn't make me, I think this is a thing that's important for people to realize in power exchange. You didn't make me just magically stop feeling a certain way, stop feeling shame about something. No. You gave me the space to believe you when you said you liked what you saw. And I, and that I think is important. And also I trusted you. And this was, I don't know if it was about my body or if it was something else, but I have used this before. And if this helps anybody, please feel free to use it. Um, From a submissive perspective, every time I would push back either verbally when you said something nice about me that I just didn't believe, or I disagreed. I was like, he's clearly full of shit. What? Um, In this case, (laughs) my body. Um, I finally did a little mental switch where I was like, wait, you're the dom, you're in charge. And when I say you're wrong about what you're saying about what you see or what you like or whatever, mm-hmm. aren't I calling you a liar? And it was the right mind fuck for me because I immediately went, 
that's not very submissive at all. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I was at a point in life where that message could penetrate. I think it is possible, highly likely, probable for many people to be so deeply entrenched in the things they feel shame about that it takes a long time for that message to pierce through mm-hmm, and, it, and mm-hmm. it hit them to where, in a place where they're like, where you're in the right mental space to go, you might be right. I will mention one thing that okay. is related to you that you do, we do not have to go into detail on because it is your thing. But there is a thing about your sexuality that because of shame you were made to feel years before yes. you and I met. You and I have been together for seven years and only twice have I gotten you, I don't wanna say I've gotten you, like I didn't manipulate it. But where we've had conversations and I've urged you to the point that you're comfortable with to say that thing out loud or in in semi-private places. I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, you didn't go on national news to go, let me tell you this thing about my sexuality. (laughs) Like. And you still, to this day, hesitate because of what you Be, went through all of, those years ago. Because of what, what happened all those years ago. And and I think part of that reason is because where I talked about this part of my sexuality was supposedly a safe place. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. And I got hit so, so hard on that. And, and in actuality, I, I've actually been, been kind of chatting with somebody about, about all this. Um, see, a number of years ago, and even now, I, I, I identify as bisexual. Podcast listeners, you can't see me <laughs> smiling, but I am. He, he said it. I said it. And, and, and now... Like I say, I've I've actually been talking with somebody about that, and and I've actually thinking back about this, um, in in more ways. I believe I actually more so identify pansexual. Mm. Yeah, because by that's there's, that implies two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've totally seen the people you're attracted to now yeah. <laughs> so, across the gender spectrum. <laughs> so, you know, really it it's I I'm pansexual mm-hmm. with a very big dash of demisexual. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I believe that about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. and he does not need me to validate his sexuality, y'all, but I can see <laughs> it because I have witnessed it. Like I know it. I'm like, yes, that tracks. I would not have necessarily put those words on it, but yeah. that totally tracks. Yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, it, because of when I, all those years ago. When How quick was that? I know it was before me, so it's more than seven it, years it, ago. It, it was at least, at least maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because it was in a, in a safe place. A, a supposed. A supposed safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, the the hate and backlash that I got from that mm-hmm. was was tremendous, um, even to the point that several people whom at that time I deemed as good friends mm-hmm. wrote me off mm-hmm. and wanted nothing more to do with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at, at this point in time, I'm I'm 
pretty much reaching a point in my life where I have no you have fewer fucks, fewer to, give. fucks to give than than I did then. Teach me your ways, Daddy. Teach <laughs> me your ways. I would like to give fewer fucks. <laughs> but you know, yeah, at, at that point, it, it was really difficult, and you know, you're right. It it's taken me because it left such a major impact. And, on me. Yes. And the first time, I mean, I've known, a, would you prefer pansexuality? Because we always I, talked about it in yeah. terms of bisexuality, but mm-hmm. what would you prefer? I think pan is more fitting. I, I've known about your pansexuality since pretty early days. I oh, mean, yeah. you didn't like lead with that. Hi, my name is Southern <laughs> Sir, and I am bi, which is what he would have said then. Like that's, But, you know, I've actively encouraged you in a lot of different ways that were like, I'm not going to lie, total turn-ons for me, um, to think about, um, for you to go explore that side of yourself. And, you know, I, the, I can, I can fight for you in a way I can't fight for myself. I think this is Mm -hmm. maybe true of some people, other people out there. So when you, we would be in spaces where I, be, I believed you were safe to just be who you were and say it if you wanted to say it, because there's no requirement that everybody come out. Mm-hmm. You do not have to do all that. Um, but with the circles we travel in, sex bloggers and kinksters and content creators, it was like, you know, if you can't say it here, I don't want to be in. Yeah. It wasn't the, if I can't sit here, where can I say it? That's not how I looked at it. It was, if you can't say it here, I don't want to be in this space because I kind of wanted to go like mama bear on. Yeah. You got something to fucking say about his sexuality. Fuck you. And the horse you rode in on. <laughs> I let I'll fight a bitch. Like, come on, let's go. Like, I just had no patience for it Mm -hmm. and the few times we talked about it but there's also this line to straddle of i didn't want to push you because this i don't it's not my life it's not my thing it's your thing but i also wanted to encourage you because this was the last conversation we had is the same conversation we had several years ago if the people that we are in circles with will not accept you for who you are, mm-hmm. then those are not the people we need to be around. And I'd rather True. know that up front, True. quite frankly. But that is super easy for me on the outside of that sense of mm-hmm. shame to say, which is why when you were the partner realizing that you're the person you care about, Dom or Sub, feels a sense of shame about something, it's not enough that you don't feel the sense of shame or that you think, well, you shouldn't, you don't have to feel this way. Well, that's lovely. I wish life worked that way. You and I at this point are, that's a seven year process to where you just said that into a microphone and it will now exist forever. You took baby steps, Mm -hmm. you know, you sort of did a little virtual raise your hand in a list of uh, bisexual bloggers a couple years ago. And then in our discord, you kind of said it there, but this is the most public and this is the first time you're saying pansexual and it's a that was a truly a 10-year process but with somebody Mm -hmm. who supports him as he is who he is and who he loves that was still a seven-year process and i think that's important to note i love you i don't want you to feel ashamed of any part of who you are if i don't like something about you i'll let you know (laughs) hasn't happened yet we're fine uh i mean yes there are things that So, of course, I don't want you to feel shame about Mm -hmm. anything because I think you're great. Even the things that we can all use a little work on. Um, 
but that's not my decision to make. And this goes yeah. back to our topic on being a fixer. To my fellow <laughs> fixers out there who want your power exchange partner to be happy and to realize their worth, you cannot fix that on your own. That is no. a partnership thing because yeah. you have to be in a space where you want to do whatever is necessary to do that. True. You have to believe it for yourself. You have mm -hmm. to get to your own level of comfort. Uh, we can go back in another sense of shame. Before you had language for it, you were dabbling in kink in your 20s. Yes, I was. And you like all levels well, of kink shaming Yeah, up until um, recent. There, you know, back back in my early twenties, um, I was doing um, things that now today I I think nothing of, and you know the the thing is, back then, you know, all, all BDSM existed; it was there, and but it was all in the back streets. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was in, in magazines in adult stores. And where, where I was living, where I grew up at that time, we didn't even have that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so, so that wasn't even an, an option uh, to explore. And the, the relationship that I was in early on um, they enjoyed it as much as I did, but there were a lot of stresses. It was a young relationship. You know, both of us were, were young, didn't understand a lot about relationships and, and things kind of fell apart. So, you know, you, you tend to rationalize things about relationships and, in my mind, I equated the things I was doing to the failure of the relationship, mm -hmm. which then had me questioning, I'm, I'm weird, I'm, you know, this, this stuff is not normal. And, and I buried it, I, I locked it in a box and, and buried it deep, deep down for many, <laughs> many years. Um, until it burst out of the box and uh, came bubbling to the surface. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know my memory sucks. Mm. When it came bubbling to the surface, you attempted in the relationship you were in at the time, at that time to explore. Yes. And do you feel comfortable? Uh, was basically told um, I was perverted and disgusting. <laughs> Gee, another layer of shame to carry around. The fact yeah. that you openly talk about your kink now is a fucking miracle. <laughs> and, uh, I am so happy you do, but it is yeah. a miracle. Yeah. And, um, you know, there we go, you know, stomping it, it mm -hmm. back down again from, from that reaction. Um, that time, though, what ended up happening was um, it kind of pushed me into a bit of a depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at, at that point, part of the reason why um, I, I brought it out was because by that time, uh, Internet was a thing. 
and I had discovered, oh my gosh, there is a whole community of people out there that you're not the only one. I'm not the only one who mm-hmm. who thinks or feels this way. So, you know, so that's why at that point it it kind of brought about a a, a depression. And, and, you know, tried to, to tamp it down. But at that point, the, the Pandora's box was open. And, um, you know, it, uh, here we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now somebody in the, in the live chat brings up something else, which, uh, you know, kind of progressing with, with my story and, and, you know, the feelings of shame. Uh, in the beginning, when I did begin exploring uh, the lifestyle, the BDSM lifestyle, and, and coming into it, uh, the power exchange part of the BDSM was, was kind of a no-brainer for me. I think and, it helps that you were socialized as a cis male. Dominance is like what you're supposed to do. Big old air quotes, y'all. To, Big old air quotes. Yeah. So, you know, the the whole thing of a of a power exchange was not per se foreign mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of, of slid into that very naturally. Um where where I did have a problem and, and I did kind of we, we have touched on this before in, in other podcasts and what was funny was that many years later, sitting at a munch, talking with a a well-established dominant who I've known for a long time and and respect, um, he started talking about the same thing as as a sadist, how he had a very hard time coming to terms to, um, especially with a woman as as a masochist, to to hit them. Mm-hmm. And and that was so so difficult for me because uh, between religious upbringing, between uh, you know parental sure and- up, upbringing, you know you you are taught you don't ever lay hands on a woman. <laughs> well, this is what I love about the generational change. You were taught specific woman. I was yeah. taught you don't hit anybody. <laughs> so, yeah. and that is there and, is and, a shift and, there. And there 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 has yes, there has there has mm-hmm. been a shift, you know, you don't hit anybody, you know. And and that was so so hard even even after finally accepting, you know, my myself as as a kinkster in the the power exchange. Um that was um that was very, very tough. And what actually helped me, what, what helped myself overcome that, um, at a munch, sitting, um, talking to a, a masochist at the munch. And she was telling me how much she had enjoyed a, a scene from the week before and and all this and and I was just like I I don't know if I can do that to somebody I said I it I in thought wise I I like the idea of it mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could ever actually do that and 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 she said um 
you know, as 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 she put it, when somebody spanks me, that pain frees my mind. It quiets my mind. It brings me to a place that I cannot normally get to on my own. And it is something I desire, it is something I crave, as she put it. And it's not, and, and she put it to me this way, and this was when the whole thing of, of consent all those years ago finally clicked into place with me, because she was like, you know, and I said, and, and I, because I even said, how is that not abuse? And, you know, she explained to me, because all I have to do is utter one word, and it all stops. It goes no further. Mm-hmm. And when somebody puts me on a cross, puts me on a bench over their knee, and they spank me, to me, it is an act of love, and they are giving me love. And, and from that conversation, that's how everything clicked mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm curious because your experience of the feelings of shame around your kinky desires is not one I've experienced. And we get a lot of questions about that experience. So, and I am, mm-hmm. I am no help. You had that moment, that realization, that understanding, that click, as you put it. Mm-hmm. What Were you able to move forward more easily almost from that moment or did you still have things you had to work through in order to get to where you're at right now which is oh you're willing so am i hi it, it, <laughs> it, it was it was a it was kind of a mix okay um there were moments when i leapt forward And then there were moments I took baby steps. <laughs> I think that's life. That makes yeah. sense to me. I would I would have yeah. been shocked if you were like, oh yeah, from that day on, I was just no, spanking anybody. No, to, to, say, yeah. to say it was just smooth sailing after that, no. Um, there there still were some things I had to overcome. But I mean, there 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 were some some points of of big growth, and then there were you know mm-hmm. just you know little spurts. And in a way, I I've watched that play out with you coming not to terms because you knew what your sexuality was but to feeling open about talking about your sexuality i've watched you have that have that experience so that makes sense that that would also be your experience Mm -hmm. with kink do you have moments now in the relationship we have where it's kind of anything goes within our limits um and you know i'm not gonna judge or shame you um do you even now though 10 years later more really if you think about it 30 years later um ever have to combat those old feelings do they ever rear up a little bit they they do um i don't think they ever totally go away um i i think it just becomes a little easier to work through them how do you handle it when that when you feel that happen um 
the internal dialogue starts. <laughs> I can always tell when you're internally and, and dialoguing. I was going to say, with, with me, you know when that is because you, you know, you, you see me doing little hand gestures like I'm, I'm having a silent conversation. Uh, my lips move when I talk to myself. His hands move. Yeah, my, my lips don't move, but my, my hands are, you know, doing this. So, you know, yeah, it, it, it just becomes a, a bit of a internal dialogue. Is it, do you find that it's e easier or quicker to kind of work through? Yeah. 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 I think I would say, y'all know I don't like to speak in absolutes or universals, but I would think that that would be very common of any source of shame because mm -hmm. you can't just completely rip away from your memory banks the things that caused you to feel that shame in the first place. They always exist within you. All you can do is learn to work through them, work around them, live with them. When you hear it say, no, no. Yeah. That old voice, that bad mm -hmm. tape, that, that bad person tape. Yes. from my, my you know, yeah. old life, you don't have power here. But that becomes a conscious decision to be able to mm -hmm. do that. And I think, and one of the, I try not to make too many notes on this one, because this is a big topic. And two, I didn't quite know where we were going with it. Yeah. Um, that one of the, because people will ask, well, how, how do we get over this? How do I stop feeling so ashamed? And there's no easy answer. Of course, we go back to communication because it is the, the bedrock of it at all. Right. But I think with, in terms of shame, and especially when it's something from your past that either is no longer something you deal with, but it still lives within you, or God knows we have family members who we haven't completely pulled away from, but they have an ability to trigger different feelings in us, good yeah. or bad. Um, so communication is not always en just enough. It's not like, oh, we can have a conversation and now I don't feel shame anymore. Like that's just not how life works. Um, I think in terms of um, especially maybe related to kink or body or sex or sexuality or all those things, um, if, if a partner can help you at all, or if anybody can help you, I mean, this would even mm -hmm. be your therapist. One of those things is trust. So I had to trust that even if I don't see what you see, when you say, I like mm -hmm. your body as is, you are beautiful to me. I had to, I, it was a decision to make of, well, if I trust him on everything Same else notes. why mm -hmm. am i not trusting him here even if i don't believe it now that to me <laughs> is a mind fuck to believe that you believe it even if i don't understand yeah. it it's like i'm holding two disparate thoughts in my head at once and normally that's yeah. cognitive dissonance but i'm making it work um well what the it, other one of the you know in in that train of thought at the moment um you know one of the things that um took you a long time when we first got together you know when i used to you know see you oh baby girl you know you look really nice today or baby girl you look nice in that outfit and you'd be like mm, yeah i guess and and you know you did that so often i had to step up and say to you numerous times i said baby girl when i give you a compliment the proper response is thank you daddy and here's what's fucked up about that to my fellow submissives out there. Even when you're like, I don't believe it, but I'm gonna say the words because I don't wanna get in trouble. You say the words without, quote, put air quotes around this, believing it often enough 
you might not believe it with your whole heart, but I have found that you stop thinking the opposite. If I know every time you say something nice to me that I'm not allowed to respond with anything negative and I have to say, thank you, daddy. And I have to say it like I mean it. Like if I don't say it like I mean it, we're gonna sit there for (laughs) until I do. (laughs) There is something powerful about, it is one of the few times that a, a, a stereotype, a platitude, like a cliche, like fake it till you make it can actually be applied. The mantra you had me mm-hmm. say, I fucking hated that fucking mantra. <laughs> Felt stupid as fuck doing it. Did not enjoy it. To this day, I'm still a little bitter. But <laughs> what I did notice was that the longer I went saying it daily, the less the thoughts of what I didn't like about myself intruded. There just wasn't yeah. space for them. I sort of pushed them out with positive words that I would tell you that I thought were a little bit bullshit. I would say that, that that still works. The idea of trust and the idea of re- repetition still holds true whether you're in a relationship or not. So mm-hmm. the more you kinked up your life and moved forward before you met me, before you even had the relationship that came before me yeah. and explored that, the more you, the re- the repetition of it, the repetition of seeing other people that are like you in some way, mm-hmm we're all unique, but you know what I mean? Um, The repetition of doing the thing that you're into and the world not falling down around your ears. Right. To me, that would lend itself to trusting, if not yourself, trusting in this thing that you're doing. Does that track? That, yes. That, this is, we're talking about. But it's, it's all, you know, not just trusting in the thing that you're doing, but trusting in yourself. To do that thing. To do that thing. And that what you want is good and right and okay. Yes. Especially if you hold true to your principles, ethics, morals, and values. Like, consent is required. Yeah. Uh, If you're going out there just doing what the fuck you want and don't care about consent, well, stop trusting yourself so fucking much. And and do no harm. I mean, that's. Right. And I I think that's, that's something. I don't think it applies to my example, but I think it could absolutely apply to kink. If you set for yourself ground rules, boundaries of what, mm-hmm. of what in this case, the kink lifestyle means to you in a way that you can reduce your sense of shame about it, meaning consent is required. Communication yeah. has to be present. Do no harm. Those internal rules, I think that can help you on the path to learning to trust in the thing that you're interested in and in yourself. Mm-hmm. I do think caveat time, I because mm, I know how I am. <laughs> um, having those internal rules for yourself need to be firm, but not dogmatic. It is very easy to set such firm rules for ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to explore other things. I do not mean about do no harm and uh, consent. But if you say, I can only explore my kink between the hours of 2 and 4 p.m. on the second (laughs) Thursday of every other month, and that is how I know I can trust myself and it will be okay, you might have boxed yourself in too much and not be able able to explore enough to learn how to trust yourself. What's funny is I see a parallel there. Shame, and not that these things are necessarily connected, though there's probably a connection sometimes. Mm -hmm. The way we're talking about in slow ways, dealing with some shame you may feel about kink, about yourself, about whatever, reminds me of ways I deal with anxiety. 
So I do not necessarily mean my generalized anxiety about nameless things that scare me and send me into a frenzy for weeks, but the things I am anxious about that are situational. So um, the way that I have, so some people, people perceive me to be very confident about certain things when I'm over here going, I'm an anxious fucking mess. Why do you think <laughs> I am confident? And then I realized that oh, there are things I'm confident about. And the way I became confident was I was afraid of it, I was afraid of it, I was afraid of it. One moment, something, like all the neurons fired, something clicked and connected at the exact right moment. I took a leap of faith and did the thing I was scared of, which I think there's something to that in shame because there probably is a connection with shame and fear. I'm just not qualified to talk about that. Um, and so I did the thing I was afraid of that made me anxious. The world did not burn down around my head when I did. And then I did it a little bit more and I did it a little mm. bit more and I learned to trust myself. And so therefore I was no longer anxious about that thing. Yeah, I would, you know what? I can make that connection with shame in terms of who I am as Kayla Lords. So when I started as Kayla Lords on the internet, not my legal name. I hope nobody is shocked by that. You might be. Um, I did everything I could to hide myself. I was terrified of being found out. I wanted to be anonymous on the internet, she says while staring into a camera. Um, because one, there was the pragmatic thing of, oh my God, if my job found out, oh my God, if my ex-husband found out, oh my God, if who the fuck knows found out, all opportunities would be lost. I made decisions along the way that were not about losing my anonymity, but that gave me the freedom to reduce my anonymity. And so even when I was afraid, I made choices. I was still afraid because I knew that I couldn't lose a job over it. And I know my family situation, I'm not losing my children over this. <laughs> no. Um, but I was still afraid of people that I knew and loved finding out. And I always said, oh, it's because I don't want hard conversations. And I didn't want hard conversations. <laughs> it was actually because I didn't want to be shamed about it. Not yeah. because I mm. felt ashamed. I didn't. I'm very proud of what I we do here on the internet. But I didn't want anybody outside of my, in my vanilla life, trying to shame me for it. And then the day came when they could have. Uh, the first time occurred when I told my family, hmm, hi, guess what? I write about sex on the internet. I did not talk about BDSM. Alternative lifestyle is the term we used. Um, and that went fine. And mm -hmm. then a year and a half, two years later, probably two, maybe two years later, I did try to get shamed yeah. about it. And had it happened a few years earlier before I was comfortable, I could have been shamed. I might have shut it all down. Um, because the anxiety over who I am as Kayla Lords had faded at that point. I was pretty secure and pretty confident. Um, and the shaming was coming from somebody I don't always respect. That is key. That is truly key. Uh, I think sometimes I could not be shamed, but I realized that I was no longer afraid of thinking I had to stay anonymous because the somebody who could have shamed me was no longer capable of it. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean people wouldn't try. Of course they would try. And if some really mean, awful human being found the right uh, combination of words, I could absolutely mm -hmm. feel a sense of shame. But a person close to me 
couldn't do it, couldn't make me feel that way. And so then I was felt even more free to give up even more right. anonymity because I was like, well, shit, if the woman who birthed me out into the world has seen my boobs on the internet, we're good. It's fine. <laughs> seen John Brownstone's <laughs> penis. We're fine right. now. Uh, <laughs> what is there left to hide? Um, Not much. But that was, for me, that was actually the progression of dealing with anxiety, not shame. And I am, would be very curious if I have any psychological mental health professionals out there to hear the, you know, what, if any, connection, scientifically speaking or therapeutically speaking, that maybe there is there between shame and fear. Because some of what I do to combat anxiety is also some of what you can do, not always, not perfectly, to combat shame. And I find that fascinating. Now, I do know shame is, is about fear, but somebody who experiences shame and somebody who experiences anxiety, I can see the diff, the difference between them and the, and I, a line between them. So I'm, I would be fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. um, I still would like to become a person who has fewer fucks to give. I, give, I still give too many fucks. <laughs> Not as many as I once did. No, that's but, true. That's very true. Right. You've, you've, you have gotten better. So I want to go back to the notes mm -hmm. because most of what we can do, because we are not qualified to give anybody professional advice, I no. hope nobody came here for that, is talk about our experience and yeah. in terms of power exchange. So there are things I know I have shame about um, that I need to work out with a therapist. Thank you very much. Um, I, my perfectionism is both anxiety and a fear of doing something that I could be shamed for, which, whoo, that's a whole lot to unpack right there. Um, you still sometimes combat a little bit of shame left over from previous relationships and previous experiences. I mean, we're not immune yeah. to it, but in terms no. of power exchange, we, um, we have picked kind of big <laughs> examples. <laughs> um, shame comes from so many places. It is yeah. the mean voice of a partner or a parent or a somebody from your a previous part of your life that told you that something about you was wrong. And so when you can't not explore that part of yourself, you feel a sense of shame about it. Uh, I think about all the people on the internet who are trying to convince themselves that masturbating is the worst thing they could possibly do. Why? Because somebody in a position of authority with them or somebody in a position of respect at one time with them told them how evil it was. And I just, my heart hurts for them, except I need mm -hmm. them to stop being so rabid on the internet because they are not helping themselves. But, you know, we have all of these hangups. We have hangups about how we look, about how we act, about who we love, about what we mm -hmm. do, about our kink, about our power exchange. And it comes from some place. And usually it comes from one of two main sources, either what society tells us in general, the, the quote, air quote around this word, expectations of the place we grew up, the place we live, the society within which we live, the culture within which we live, and or directly from a person who had some connection to us where we trusted them, we relied on them, we saw them as a source of authority, something, something. They have said or done something purposefully or not. And we have walked away with that internalized sense of shame. Now, there are a lot of other mm -hmm. reasons that that happens as well. Those are just the two that my uh, not uh, an expert self can come up with because of my own experiences. Um, communication, yes, key. Trust in both yourself and a partner 
if that if you if that partner can conceivably help you through it some some forms nope partner's not going to do it you might not even be able to do mm-hmm. it on your own that's okay that's where then we come to the third thing which is who i highly recommend a therapist for anybody who can access that care yeah. okay i know it's not accessible for everybody and that fucking sucks would the world be a better place if everybody had access to quality mental health care yes yes yes, it totally fucking would um if you have access use it it is a privilege that you do not realize you have if you have an affordable copay if you get five visits a year for free before you gotta pay anything whatever if you could just afford it whatever it is and you don't have to think you have a mental illness to need to go see a therapist you could just be like i cannot stop feeling away about this thing Mm -hmm. Um, we always get asked this. It is an imperfect option, but it is an option out there. Um, kink friendly therapists. Those are our jam. We, uh, my last therapist I found on the kink friendly professional kink, um, kink aware professional list. I'm going to get that link. Um, it will be in the show notes for podcast listeners. All this scraping you hear is me trying to get it for the live stream people. (laughs) Um, you can, um, do a search for your area. You can do a search for a lot of professionals. Uh, counselors, therapists tend to mm-hmm. there tend to be more than of that than almost anything else. Um, we live in a virtual world now. As long as a therapist is licensed in the area you live and is willing to work with patients who live in your area based on their own yeah. licensing, um, you Zoom and Skype are things, and it's a pandemic, so I would probably recommend that. Um, but I think we also need to normalize just fucking talking to an objective third party Mm -hmm. who has nothing to do with where our shame came from. It's not our mom. It's not our BFF who said something snarky five years ago about kink without knowing we were kinky. It's not, it's not, you know, the ex that because we have children together, we have to interact with. But every time you see them, you feel all kinds of ways. Like, no, Hmm. it's also your partner should not be your therapist. I see people say that sometimes. My partner's my best therapist. No. If your partner is somebody that you can confide in, wonderful. If they're somebody who can help you brainstorm ideas of how to get through a thing, great. That is not the same as a therapist. No. 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 Uh, having a partner that you can rely on in that way is certainly better than not doing that and having no therapist. I'm not saying that it, I'm not negating what they do, but no, 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 no. Okay. I've got to find it. Would you like to talk? I've talked so okay. much while I look for this list. I don't know what to say. You have said so <laughs> I much said it and, all. <laughs> and, you know, covered and there's, there's the link. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. So yeah, that's, that's a, a, um, tremendous resource and um i've i've put that out for people myself oh yeah we always recommend we we always recommend that and they have uh, updated it quite a bit yeah they actually moved the link it used to live on another website it, it used to live on the um national coalition for sexual freedom yes website now they still do link Yes, they from do. There. But it's its own. But it, it's its own entity, pretty much now. Um, but um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's been uh, it, it's a tremendous uh, resource, mm-hmm. and they even uh, it, it's been a little while since I've dug dug in there, but they even have kinkaware doctors. Oh, sure. That they have. Sure. Um, for live stream folks, and if you're watching on YouTube later, it is now in the description box. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast listeners, we will link in the show notes. Um, I've seen in the live stra- live stream chat that a couple people don't want to necessarily talk about BDSM to their, with their therapist, because they don't want that to be the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think, I think that makes total sense. Uh, what I remember from having one, I was constantly trying to figure out, cause I, it didn't feel appropriate to ask, nor should he have answered if I had. I was trying to, try, constantly trying to figure out which side of the slash my therapist was. Cause he totally gave off Dom energy, but I was like, yeah, but I give off Dom energy. That don't mean shit. <laughs> Did not ask. Cause I felt that would be inappropriate. But the cool thing, what I liked about having a kink aware therapist who understood power exchange. Mm-hmm. And I think this meant that he was a good fit for me. So it is about finding the right fit is that the only two times that BDSM or power exchange ever got brought up in that conversation was if I brought it up first and said, within our power exchange, this I'm struggling within our power exchange because of this. And I had the freedom to say that, which is why I wanted a kink aware therapist. Mm -hmm. The other time would be if we were talking about a change in our relationship or a struggle I was going through. And I want to say he maybe did this over the course of what, two years of sessions, two, three years of sessions. Maybe three times he said, how does this track with your power exchange? Are you consenting to this? He did that check-in because he knew I was submissive Mm -hmm. to make sure that the, whatever the issue was I was talking about that I had consented to whatever thing I had mentioned. That was it. So I think it is, if that is the beauty of a kink aware professional, because I want the freedom to go, my issue is not the power exchange. My issue is my generalized anxiety, my social anxiety, pick a thing, bipolar disorder, Mm. pick a thing. Um, (laughs) Childhood trauma, pick one. Um, But I also wanted to be, and you know, if, if I had ever, felt like he was focusing too much on the kink, I know I would have had the the freedom and been comfortable enough to go, this is not my problem. This over here is my problem. So, um, but I was also able to explain things in terms of my power exchange. Yeah. And that was the freedom I wanted. I knew mm-hmm. I could not go into therapy and leave half of my identity out the door and skirt around my special relationship with my husband. Like <laughs> I would never be able to explain myself if I couldn't say yeah. this is how I am. So I think that, I think the concern that people have of, but I don't want the whole conversation to be about BDSM. I think that's valid. I think the right therapist for you will hear that and go, okay, fair enough. You know, I'll leave it alone. I definitely get where people would be like, I do not want to educate my fucking therapist on kink just to get through this session. Like fair, totally fair, y'all, totally fair. Um, So if you can find somebody who is kink aware, Mm -hmm. it's huge, 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 huge. Um, To the extent to which you are comfortable, you can sometimes reach out through FetLife, like in regional, local, statewide groups and go, does anybody know of, or is anybody here now? Just because you get a name, don't be calling them and setting an appointment. Do some vetting. Do some figuring them out. 
um, first, but we did, we've done that for all kinds of professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not do that for a therapist because I found somebody in my area. Um, but yeah, if the, sh- if the shame is not something, if, if it is debilitating to your life and you are struggling to live your best life, have the power exchange that you actually wanna have to function that all of the other things of trust and time and communication and none of that helps, then yeah, I, we cannot tell you what to do, but I would mm-hmm. please, please reach out to some, to a professional yeah. who can help you work through those things. I still, mm-hmm. I know I have things I need to work through. Um, there is, I, I mean, there are things worse than this, but let me, let me be, let me use hyperbole for a minute. It feels like there is nothing worse than knowing where your issue or the reason you're reacting irrationally or overreacting or like crying in a puddle on your couch, there's nothing worse than knowing why you're doing that, knowing exactly where it comes from, can pinpoint the moment in your life and still not being able to fix it. <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> I would rather just not know why I'm, why I'm having this reaction. Why have I got to know about it? And, mm-hmm. and be able to do nothing because I'm, I, I, it's, I'm just, just me and I'm not qualified. Uh, so <laughs> self-awareness uh, is a, f- a wonderful thing, but also there's that. Just saying, mm. just saying. Um, so, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot oh, we could talk about yeah. with this topic. This topic could go on forever and ever and it's, ever. It's, it's a very broad, mm-hmm. um, very deep subject. Yeah, because I mean, there there, there are so many things connected with it. Mm-hmm. There are, there are. And there are no perfect solutions. There are no, no easy solutions. Um, we are two kinksters on the internet with a microphone and a camera. We are probably, we cannot tell you what to do to fix this mm-hmm. for yourself. I can tell you that you are not alone. Um, that the worst thing you think about yourself, it is not true. I mean, are there some, some narcissistic people who keep getting political power that I would say that? Yes, but not you. Okay. Um, (laughs) not the same, not, it's an apples and oranges comparison. Um, and so when you feel that way, and especially God, shame is such a shit show because you feel whatever has you feeling bad. And then some of us, because I know, because I feel this way, also then do that self-hatred talk of why am I like this? I shouldn't be like this. I should be. We start shooting all over ourselves and we compound it and make it worse. And mm-hmm. I wish I had a magic wand that I could wave and everybody, everybody's issues were handled, dealt with. Um, but it is the time, it is the effort, it is the access to care. It is the people in your life. Yeah. Um, it is being ready to be able to combat those things. Uh, at 30, could not have walked some of the roads I can walk now at 40. Like just wasn't in the same place at all. Um, I think even if you don't have a direct power exchange partner who can help you through these things, I do think the people that you allow close to you matter. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have to be very careful of uh, not using our friends as therapists. I, I say as somebody who who, kind of, <laughs> who has been that friend my whole life, uh, who, who is the ear and the shoulder and that's just who I am. Um, but I think it is okay to, with everybody's consent, lean into those close 
friendships as well, as best as everybody can. Um, because it, you, you don't have to have a dom to get you out of that. You don't have to have a sub to help you through it. You can have other people in your life that are just there for you and see you as the whole imperfect person that you are and want you to not feel that shame about that thing that you mm-hmm. feel. Um, you know, have, if you can, uh, cultivate and, and gather around you the people who get pissed off on your behalf, either when you talk badly about yourself or about the people who fucked you up. Like I get genuinely angry when I think about the people who have ever made John Brownstone feel shitty about himself for being who he is. Like I want to tear somebody <laughs> a new one. Oh, fuck you and the horse you rode in. Um, and I know that's that's about my sense of loyalty. We should probably do an episode on loyalty at some point. Mm. Um, if you can have just one person like that in your life, man, I think it makes a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I have always been that loyal friend, but I had to become an adult before I had that kind of loyal friend. Mm. And it it's when you're reminded that you have that loyalty in your life, that somebody just loves you as you are for who you are or cares about you or whatever, use the word you want. That's, that's powerful. You might not understand why, especially if your shame runs real, real deep, but hmm. it's it's powerful. So I am on a soapbox now. I'm yep. going to step down from my soapbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think we... <sighs> uh, we are going to do a bonus section. Yes. I don't know what we're going to talk about in it, but it's fine. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, fine. I don't know who we actually helped with this other than if, if we helped mm. you feel seen, then our job here is mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah. So you're not alone. I think is that's the point. That's, that's the, that's, that's the biggest point. You know, yes, you're, you're, you're not alone. Um, you know, it's easy to feel alone, but, um, you know, some, something we've said many, many times, um, community is important. Mm-hmm. The, know, right, that's the, the right community. The right community. Yeah, yeah. the right community. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, and, and you know, we, we need that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's powerful. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Deep for, breath. For people who woke up this morning without a topic, I think we came out of the gate swinging. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, we're going right. to move into the bonus section yes. now. Yes, are we good? Mm, I don't know. Keep it kinky, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Dottie. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the cricket? Why do you want to talk to the cricket? You've just been talking and talking and talking and ranting and soapboxing and... Because we all know I could do one of those telethon live streams and just talk for nine hours. Yeah, until who, your voice gave out. Who? What's the dude's name? Oh, he was like, he did the MDA telethons. He was the... Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Yeah. I, no, I <laughs> I knew it was Jerry Lewis, but somehow my brain was thinking Casey Kasem. Different guy who could different. talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I could yeah. be either of them. Okay. But for kinky people, I could just talk. I'm capable. Talk to the crickets, baby girl. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> Not that I haven't been talking to y'all for a couple minutes, you know. Right. Just now it's, it's just fine. now it's official. Yeah. Now it's official. Yes, it, it's official now. Um, what's our emoji of the week? 
Mm. God, they're better. Mm. I don't want there to be a shame emoji. Is there a shame emoji? Oh my God, I feel like I need mm. to check my phone. Ah. Well, there's the emoji with, with the person putting their hand over their face. Uh, the face oh, well, palm emoji? Yeah, that's but that's not... Let's see. Mm, <laughs> talk amongst yourselves <laughs> while I figure this out. Um, oh no, there is. Ooh, there oh. is a, an emoji of um, a face covering yeah. its mouth. Let's see if I can find it okay. and show the live stream oh, chat. Yes, I see. Okay. And I see if it. you are a subscriber to the newsletter, mm -hmm. you will see it because I always put the emoji of the week in the <laughs> subject line. Mm. There's your Easter egg. Right. Uh, I can't find it. I don't it. see it in that one. No. Yeah. Do these emojis suck? <laughs> no, YouTube emojis, you suck. <laughs> well, I am sad. Hmm. No, not that one. That's a yawning face. I don't want the yawning face. No. There's a thinking, thinking. face. Oh, Lord. I don't <laughs> like the YouTube emojis. We're going to skip it. Oh, good. No, see, they, the live stream chat's done. Because yeah, they're probably they, like on a device that's not they, whatever. They found it. They got it. So it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, podcast listeners, whatever you're able to interpret from what I've said, I'm so sorry, uh, <laughs> you use that emoji. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I will say, so I meant to have this conversation with you before we started live streaming on Wednesday. Uh-oh. But now is as good a time as any. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Uh, we have our Friday night YouTube hangout at 930. Yes. On Friday. The 15-year-old will be at a football game. Oh. <laughs> oh. So uh, I don't know what that means. Okay. What we'll do. We'll figure it out. Well, we, well I guess the, the thing I feel like we should say now, ahead of Friday, uh, so, sorry, podcast listeners, we're time traveling now. Uh, will there be a live stream even though he has a game that he has um, to be at? I would say so. Okay. Um, I'll go pick him up and come back and oh god, just jump back in. You know, it'll be chaos if you leave me here alone with the live stream. Yeah, I know. You'll you'll be unsupervised. No, so everything that happens will be your fault because I was left unsupervised. <laughs> I mean that that that's okay, right? That's that, that totally works. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put that away before the cleaners came. Oh, okay. So you didn't notice. He's oh, for podcast listeners, he's looking for his slapstick, a, a thin, very thin, lightweight thing, piece of wood he hits me with. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Um. So okay. So that settled. Yes, there'll be a live mm -hmm. stream on Friday. Yes, there will be. Um. What else we got going on? Um. Not a whole lot. Not a whole um, lot. You know, yeah, Miss Spock, you're right. I may come back and, and she'll be ruining people's childhoods. I'll be yeah. drunk. I won't care. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I inherited a, a load of wood over the so weekend. So much fucking wood. <laughs> Y'all, he put it in the garage right now. And it, I mean, it, 
<laughs> it is, I, it's, I'm not going to exaggerate and go, it's half the garage, but it feels like it is. Yeah, it's it's a little spread out right now. But um, yeah, I've, I've already started processing a good number of it. A bunch of it is back in the shed cut out and um, set up for, uh, for use. Mm-hmm. So I've been busy with that. You're going to make uh, kinky fuckery gonna things, make right? make things with Yay! it. Yep. Yep. Hello, Crow CDC. Welcome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, grateful for the cooler weather. Oh, yeah, you know, that's been nice. Especially in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's actually been pleasant to get outside in the morning right now. Yeah, yeah. For I, I miss having a dog to walk because this is the time of year. I was like, mm. no, really, I, I don't mind walking a dog. Yeah. I have not been in the backyard since since Saki passed. <laughs> like, I was, I mean, I genuinely, I have not. I haven't no. avoided it. I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> a dog that needs to go out, why am I going outside? No, we don't do that here. Yeah, I know. You don't even come see me in the shop anymore. You know, Mm-mm. it's, yeah. I'm, I'm not even incentive enough to get you outside. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you need a coffee. So maybe you just need a, you need coffee service. That's yeah. Like, that'll yeah. get me outside for a whole 30 seconds. Right. Right, right, right. I'm, right, right. That's my right. limit, 30 seconds. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. good amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, this is the time of year I, I genuinely like being outside. Yeah. Because I don't immediately get hot and sweaty the moment I open the door. I hate that shit. I don't like, I really hate sitting in my house, just relaxing and sweating. Like if I have to work, like we're putting in some effort for something, mm-hmm. fine. You get hot and sweaty. It's no big deal. Mm. But just sitting still and minding your own fucking business and just breathing and existing. <laughs> no, no, no. I live in a century and a location of the world where central AC exists. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am not going to just sit and be hot and sweaty for no fucking reason because I breathed too hard or too many times or something. No. Yeah. So we have, and we will probably talk more about this on the Friday night live stream hangout because of course we will. We always do. Um, we are not ready to get a dog. No. That does not stop me from looking at them. And here's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing myself. Am I ready? Because... Even though the dog we thought we wanted when we got Saki was not the dog we got, I could not stop thinking about this dog. I'd seen it online through Mm -hmm. a a rescue and I was obsessed with this dog. I would look at the picture multiple times. I was worried that somebody was gonna adopt her before we could even meet her. Like I was obsessed. I know y'all are shocked by that. Um, And then she, wanted nothing to do with us Mm-mm. and we met no. Saki on the same day and Saki was the one and that that's fine I'm totally here for uh chance kismet there's a word I can't think of it but <laughs> that um so I'm um, serendipity serendipity maybe the word I want to is serendipity <laughs> word lady can't word so what I'm doing now is I'm looking at pictures of dogs waiting for the moment when I get that feeling again, mm. knowing it could be weeks and months, like, yes. or until I get bored and just don't want to look at yeah. them anymore. And then I'll really know. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because Saki was technically 
for a dog that was all leg. He was technically a small dog. He was 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the small dogs I keep looking at look ugly to me. And I know they're not ugly. I know they're beautiful, precious fur babies. They look ugly to me. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm definitely not ready for a small dog. So then I'm looking at the slightly larger dogs, the pits and some of the, a lot of the mutts and mixed breed dogs that you don't know what they are, but they're precious. And their derpy faces are pleasant. I'm not obsessed with a single one, just not happening at all. But I'm still looking because I'm waiting for that magic moment. Um, <laughs> Obsessive much? Yes, yes, it totally is. I'll just own it. At the same time, we did talk well before Saki got sick about getting a cat. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wait, we're not ready for another dog yet. It's too fresh for us. It's too new. We miss Saki. We don't miss having a dog. We miss Saki. So it's like, but wait, a cat is not a dog? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we haven't had a cat and we had talked about getting a cat. So I've started mm, that again. Yes. Um, I have been given a delay with a deadline. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, of after this weekend, we will talk about a cat. Right. That is not the same as getting a cat. The nice thing is... Well, we've had a lot going on this week. Oh, of course we have. But the nice thing is we live kind of right up the road from the big shelter, the county shelter. Mm -hmm. And it's 50 bucks to... And our neighbor works for the shelter. Right. And it's 50 bucks to to adopt a cat. Like, we can go up the road and be like, show me your babies. I want to boop their noses, you know. Which one doesn't hiss and run for me? (laughs) Okay, that's one. Mm -hmm. Um, That is almost too many options. We know we want an older, and at least an adult cat. We right. don't, we don't yeah. want a kitten, even though I fantasize about having a kitten. Um, I kind of would like a black cat because who the fuck doesn't want a black cat, right? <laughs> um, but also, I just want the one that'll be not mean to me. <clears throat> I mean, I know cats can be mean to anybody, but like, boop my finger. I'm mean to you, but you love it. I know. You love my I, That mean. says so much about me. <laughs> So, we will one day be a cat and dog home. Yeah. That is for sure. Um, But for right now, I'm I'm just pushing for a cat. Mm -hmm. For right now. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, that's mostly, I mean, we're working. uh, If you happen to be one of our Proud Crickets through Patreon, you will have heard our behind the scenes, or you can listen to our behind the scenes podcast Mm -hmm. episode we recorded. And that, we go into a lot of what we're doing, but it's all work related. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, personal life stuff. (laughs) I'm wearing pants today. Like, that's my thing. And I, what I mean when I say that, I'm, I technically am always wearing pants. Uh, I'm wearing long pants that cover all of my leg. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> so. Mm. But. Yeah, it, it's just been a crazy week here. We've had so much going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, we Monday came along and we kind of hit the ground running and. Way. In a good way. Oh Very yeah, it's 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 been good. It's it's been productive. But um, yeah, and it and it just hasn't um, slacked off yet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, but you know, we we just keep we keep going. Mm-hmm. 
Keep mm-hmm. going, drinking coffee, and keep moving forward. I know I'm only on my first coffee of the day, and y'all, it's 1.16 p.m. our time. I've only had the one coffee. I have had what feels like a gallon of Diet Coke, and I only drink half and put the rest in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm not caffeinated. I know. Well, fake cat. Oh, she's like a black cat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you purr and like cuddles? I mean, you know the answer is going to be yes, right? right. Lord, we're a bunch of kinky people. A a, a minimum a third to easily a half of the people are going to be like, yes, I like cuddles and I will purr for you. They might not even be into pet play. They're just like, yes, yes, that is. I mean, I I make not purring sounds, but I make happy noises. <laughs> I don't know. I The worst part is, is I know what I want is some sort of fluff ball in my life who will cuddle in love with me and we will not get a cat that wants to cuddle with me. I know that. I know that. I just, I know how life works. <laughs> oh, gosh. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the live stream chat has devolved <laughs> in a great way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, anything? No, that's probably. I can always think of other things, but mm, no. Um, yeah, right. That almost had more of a more than a uh, bonus section. That was more of a uh, Friday night hangout. That was. There, there yeah. are some flavors of some yes, Friday night hangout yes. in this Wednesday live stream <laughs> chat. Uh, podcast listeners, save yourselves. Uh, <laughs> run, run. Mm, hair uh, patching, clean the house. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> just okay. Over there reading the live stream chat. I'll just talk to the podcast listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. I think we're done. I'm hemming and hawing, and I don't know why. I know why. It's because when we stop live streaming, I have to go get some work done. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to have to start chasing kids. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's it for us this week. I, I hope yep. this episode was, if if not helpful, at least entertaining. Right. Um, And we will be back again on our normal schedule doing our things and yeah we do if we get a cat or eventually a dog y'all will know about it we, yeah we, those of you who are not pet people will be like oh god will these people fucking shut up about it <laughs> no the answer to that is no <laughs> um okay <laughs> we're gonna finally stop yeah. uh we love you guys uh, thank you for, for everything us. um yeah love mm-hmm. y'all mean it <laughs>